Hey, Blenders, on this week's show, Doctor Strange Box Office, we play a Batman tier list and we dig into some spoilers for Ozark. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earned from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, Blenders, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 213 of Real Blend, a podcast that was born in the dark, molded by it. In fact, we didn't see the light until we were men. And by then, it was only blinding. My name is Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor here at Cinema Blend. Joined on this week's show. Well, actually, what are we talking about on this week's show? Doctor Strange box office. We're ranking Batman movies. We're ranking Batman oh, okay. movies. Right. Come it. on, Jake. No, sorry. I, I just sorry. I thought we were recording this podcast ten years ago. I just wanted to. Shauna. I wanted to show how different a line delivery can make. See, I took it from like an inquisitive sort of approach. I, I, I felt a chill on my. Thank end. you, Kev. I, no, um, I, I was in some like dark atmospheric Snyder shot when you were saying all that, and my chill was more like awkwardness for the audience as they tried to figure out what the hell was going on. I just thought Sean was done doing jokes and he was going to start showing us his poetry at the top of the show. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to say he goes to like those poetry lines. readings, but it's just movie uh, lines. And he, thought, he's going to keep going to see until someone figures it out. He like in front of a crowd of people. He's like Ezekiel twenty five seventeen. <laughs> I want to hear Kevin's joke. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we both see that that happens. That, that's funny. We'll, we'll pull, pull this curtain back. Stepping on each other is something that happens because we're on Zoom. And sometimes yeah. you try and talk. Um, my joke doesn't make any sense now anyway. So continue. Damn it. Well, we're also doing Ozark spoilers. Hashtag <laughs> cop salad. The show. Uh, <laughs> joining us, as always, Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., sporting his real blend 
merch. Hi, Kev. Yeah. Hi. Um, I just want to point out uh, to a YouTube commenter on one of our shows from last week oh. who well, said that I was good or bad touching my face and touching my hair too much <laughs> oh, during this. the show. So yeah. uh, I am now aware of this because your one comment negatively out of all the <laughs> well, positive comments had stuck with me well, so i'm yeah, going yeah. to put my hands down <laughs> to be and fair try. no no, no uh, I, I, I i and i actually th- i actually appreciate it because i don't yeah. realize the tics that i have sometimes yeah. like, like like i have certain words so no i'm not being sarcastic i was, I was just then but uh, thank you for listening to our show but i did hear your comment and i'm gonna stop mm. touching my face I, I saw this comment <laughs> i saw this comment i will defend my friend kevin here slightly you have to, yeah, we all, whatever. We all uh, do. But I that particular, that particular, it was, it was extra because you were about to go interview Tom Cruise on a red carpet and you had like, you were right. like half ready. Like you were like, oh, half yeah, so weren't you getting, <laughs> yeah. like you were getting yeah, dressed yeah, yeah. mid podcast. Yeah. I was getting dressed mid podcast. We were all going to interview in Tom a, Cruise. In an impeccable white tuxedo. Yeah. We're, yeah. And, and we're so going to discuss this. We'll discuss this later when we get to when we when we have uh, the Top Gun Maverick release. But we were all in San Diego, to, obviously, together and on an aircraft carrier with Tom Cruise. I just touched my face when I said that. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I saw the comment and I'm trying to learn from it. So because like, like there's a couple things like I say basically a lot on TV sometimes. And like, a, like a, so I'll get a comment and then you just try and not say it. But then you say it more because you're thinking about it. But anyways, anyways, that's my rant. The other square over there is uh, Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 in Chicago. Hi, Jake. How are you? Hello, handsome. I miss you. Good to see you. Yeah, hey, Jake, touch, touch your face. And well, now, see, that's the weird thing. Now I feel like I'm self-conscious about, like, do I touch like my to face? Touch Jake's face. Like, do I, I, do I touch? Face. <laughs> uh, if you're watching us on YouTube and counting the number of times we touch our face, thank you so much Ooh. for joining us. Please head down, give us a like and a subscribe. Join us here each week for our audio listeners. If you want to join us in video form. Head to youtube.com backslash real blend podcast. And if you leave us a comment, we will read it. Yeah, and we're sponsored. Wait, this wait do you guys read the YouTube comments? <laughs> oh, I do all the time. Yes, yeah, so I'll give a, I will give another shout out to the notification crew uh, that joins us every single Friday morning. Always uh, as soon the as the show drops. Crew. The only reason yes. I saw it is because sometimes Sean will screenshot a YouTube True. comment. Um, but by the way, this segment is brought to you by Neutrogena. Go ahead. There you go. And of course, we're available where you get your podcast needs met. Hey, we have a premium show that drops every Monday. Uh, And in addition to premium, which gives you an ad free version of the show uh, and a newsletter from myself, uh, you get what's the other thing that's going for? Oh, well, the premium episode. Yes. Drops on Monday. So check the description for information on where you can sign up. We're going to play a new game this week that Gabe tried to explain to all of us before. We started recording the show and it sounds very complicated, but it sounded like Christopher, that, that, that picture of Christopher Nolan. Yeah, on a chalkboard explaining yeah. Memento. That's how I envisioned Gabe's explanation of this game. Yeah. It sounds awesome, but I have no idea what he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just means we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. It's gonna, I think right. it's gonna be fun. Yeah, and Jake is gonna end up winning. Oh, and it actually has something right. to do with box office, which we're gonna discuss next, which is the box office results for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. They don't yet have Jake's eight dollars, uh, but they'll be getting it very soon. Instead. <laughs> The film made two hundred and one million dollars domestically, two hundred and seventy eight million that right? dollars internationally. I don't, I don't think that's right. One eighty seven, dude. Today. Uh, as, of t- as of today. Oh, as of now. Okay. As of okay. now. But the opening where, weekend where was one eighty seven. Okay. So it's at a grand total of four hundred and seventy nine million dollars worldwide after its opening weekend. I wow. thought that this might be the movie that. Did, maybe just didn't do as well as the other yeah. Marvel films. Um, and I expect and Kevin, I want to ask you this because I'm curious your thoughts. Do you think Thor will have a bigger opening weekend? That's a good question. 
Uh, so it's a great question because I had the exact same vibe that you did about Strange because going well, you and I saw Strange together and right. I walked out and I, I kept thinking to myself, is there a little bit of Marvel fatigue now because we had the No Way Home train, no pun intended, because there's a train scene in that movie. Um, but then there's, you know, that was a big deal. And then there was so many interviews after it for months with Tom Cruise. He promoted Uncharted or Tom Holland. He promoted Uncharted. So everything kind of felt like we were in Marvel for a long time, even after and No Way Home came out. Doctor Strange is a big part of that movie, too. Well, sadly, uh, uh, No Way Home was a better Doctor Strange movie than Multiverse of Madness. Um, but we'll get it. We you know we reviewed it last week. We all liked it. We just had some issues with it. But overall, issues. in terms of box office, I was shocked how now at the end of the day, here, here's what's interesting to me. Think about casually telling someone 10 years ago that a one hundred and eighty seven million dollar opening weekend domestically was not even not even like, you know, it's not even the highest of all time. Like that that number is so massive. If you think about the scale of box office, like films that are doing like Lost City did 30 million or whatever, or Jackass Forever did 30 million. And that's those are great numbers for those titles. But one hundred eighty seven million dollars domestically is a ton of freaking money. And, it, not, and, a, and it's, not a holiday weekend, you know, right, just right. A new Marvel. That, that's what blows my mind is is almost as if it just nonchalantly made four hundred and fifty million dollars this weekend. Right, and it was just like right. it's the quietest casually, half billion dollar opening weekend I think I've ever seen in my life. That, I mean, that's the thing is, like, if you think about how much time we've spent over the years in our careers talking about box office success, right? And like yeah. numbers and Avatar and Endgame and Avatar passing Endgame, you know, we're talking billions of dollars in films that are opening up to $250 million or whatever they are. Um, but for a film to nonchalantly casually just drop to a $450 million, it, it, it honestly is kind of scary. Did you see that tweet that someone put out? where it was like 60 showings of Dr. Strange yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at one theater in one day. But see, like, I think yeah. that's what we're getting towards. I think but that I, theaters yeah. are going to be for blockbusters, you know, like I'm okay. I'm okay with it as long as it keeps theaters alive. And that's kind of the cool thing about these Marvel films and where we are now is I have no problem with these movies making all this money. If, if it's going to keep theaters open to still let me see the new Paul Thomas Anderson film in theaters or the new Tarantino film. Do we start, is it going to start where it's like, um, treating itself like concert venues where like, you know, United center soldier field, that's home (laughs) to the rolling stones. And you know, the dive bar across the street is home to, you know, uh, everything everywhere all at once, you know, where it's like, you know, the sort of the, the size of the venue is more equitable to the behemoth or of the movie. I think that's a smart comparison, but the dive bar down the street makes its money every day of the week selling alcohol as a bar. You know what I mean? Like, like the theater doesn't really have an obvious, uh, you know, B tier or a tier in this instance, Mm. business model necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like if, if people aren't going to see Paul Thomas Anderson movies and they specialize in that, or they only show that that's where it gets a little tricky. I think I'm more encouraged by everything everywhere all at once, like approaching 50 million to me. That is, that's the box office story of the year. And what's fascinating about that story is there's no, no one can explain it because the the movie's great. And then you go, OK, well, if that did well. Why didn't Ambulance do well? Why didn't this do well or that yeah. do well? And everyone's trying to analyze it and yeah. kind of understand it. And I think the movie is just so different. And everyone's talking about it. And plus, we're kind of all in a multiverse mood right now, obviously, mm-hmm. from No Way Home. I think we're all just kind of in that world. But to answer your question, Sean, will it affect Thor? I mean, I will tell you right now, I don't think so at all. I think Thor will be even bigger because 
going into this weekend, I thought Doctor Strange might slip a bit. I thought maybe mm-hmm. not that it wouldn't make a lot of money, but I am blown away by how much money it made. Especially See, because the I really thought it was going to hit 200. I'm actually surprised it didn't hit 200. Really? But dude, I, did you see the opening weekend of the first Doctor Strange is only like 89 Yeah, but, but this doesn't, to me, this doesn't even feel so much like a sequel to Doctor Strange as it does a sequel to No Way Home. Like this, just this, now, or, that, yeah, now just, that we've opened like, up this possibility of like people coming in and they were already teasing, you know, they were already teasing the trailer like Professor X and there were all these other cameo rumors whether they ended up being true or not. So like, I, I don't really even see this as a sequel to like in a weird I know sort of way it, it's a doctor strange movie but it it's like the next marvel movie because it's, it's just it right? pushing forward yeah. a lot of yes. marvel stories yeah so you just go to see the movie yeah it is very much so yes and it introduces new characters and yeah. i think some people were really tied into the raimi bit of it all so i love the, the raimi stuff it was great it just felt like there was two movies battling to be one and they they couldn't figure out who was top dog it just right. that's what it, in terms of like the the MCU versus Sam Raimi, I felt like I was watching a battle on well, we'll screen be here when uh, Thor: Love and Thunder comes around. And wait, wait, wait a, were, were you surprised at all, Sean? By the numbers, just curious. Very, yeah, I was very. It was surprised. larger, right, than we thought. Um, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Only because, again, you you say going back, you know, X amount of years to say that 187 million is an opening weekend. Of, yeah. But if you had told me that that Marvel was making a a, doc, a second Doctor Strange movie and it was approaching 200 million dollars as an opening week, like it's it's again not to differentiate oh. between. Marvel and DC and we're going to get to DC in a second but like the fact that Marvel can roll out a Doctor Strange movie and just destroy and and DC can't get a Superman movie off the ground is is a great illustration of how far apart these, these studios are in terms of their success rate. I'll give you a comparison and this is the last thing we'll say about this. Here's why I think the numbers are, are big. Alright, so th- let's go to Ant-Man for example. Ant-Man. Ant-Man 1 did 57 million opening weekend. Okay, so theoretically the sequel would have done massive, would have done bigger than that, correct? So you go from 57 million to the second one, which opened up to 75 million. So you're jumping up. That's, you know. a, that's the expected jump. Right. So Dr. Strange one opens to what? 70. You go 70, 85 million. And then you jump up to 187. That is a large. <laughs> that's, a, and, and, that's a leap. And Ant-Man as well is not as big of a character, clearly. And Jake to Jake's point, no way home. No pun intended. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, Doctor Strange is a gigantic aspect of this current phase of Marvel, as is Ant-Man, but not like not as prominent, obviously, with No Way Home. So that's a good point that Jake made. But to jump up 100 million domestically between your first and second film. Yeah, that's a lot. It's, that's massive. That's like Avengers numbers. It's huge. Yeah. All right. So we've been having a lot of fun recently with these tier lists and we did uh all of Marvel phase one through up to this point in phase four. Oh. Now we're switching gears and we're going to, we're going to shift over to the, to the dark Knight, to the caped crusader himself, uh, the man bat, uh, the most, uh, this is psychopathic superhero. Wow. I've seen, uh, I've seen all of these, but two nice. Yeah. So, so Gabe is going to take over from here because uh, we have a couple of changes, including the F tier is, uh, is going to be altered. Gabe, why don't you, uh, let me take over the tier list. Yeah, yeah. So welcome to a tier list. If you haven't seen us do one of these before, we've we have a two-parter for uh the MCU, which includes the MCU Disney Plus shows. Recommend going seeing those watching those. Um, I think they're really fun. For this, we are just gonna do the character of Batman. Premium listeners might actually be familiar with this because we we sort of tested this format on the premium feed with Spider-Man at first, and that was fun. You can go subscribe to that feed, check out that episode. Um, but yeah. 
if you've never seen a Tales before, I've, I would find that surprising. But we're just going to take all of these Batman films and uh, rank them from S, meaning above an A, special, super. I don't really know what it stands for. Uh, if you play video so games, say super, you understand. Superior, superior, superior. Um, all the way down to D. And then in this, for this round, I've added a haven't seen because there are some more obscure Batman films or older ones or that people may not have seen animated ones. Um, so if we haven't seen them, we won't rank them. But if anyone's seen them, feel free to rank it. And that's just, still that's just them was, yeah. of course, of course, I want to I want to point out before we even start here that Go you ahead. have the theatrical cut of Justice League. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I can't Snyder wait to talk about that. Justice yeah, League. as we should. Oh, there's that's both. Good. As we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are two there. completely different films. Yeah. That yeah. is... That's yeah. controversial. I, uh, that's you guys really are going to be annoyed by how many A's I think there are here. How many A's? Yeah. All right, well, let's start off well, with... We uh, are, we're usually A-heavy. We are A-heavy. Um, you are A-heavy. Even for Batman. True. Uh, let's start with uh, Batman the Movie, 1966. I've never uh, seen it, to be honest I've with you. I've never seen it never seen it you tell me the same last film I've never I've seen, seen it. it okay so I'm always like it. to watch that opening night in your 20s you did the Joker right <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sean you, you did the, the shark that, that one-on-one with Adam West on that yeah. set was unbelievable man and that was a cool set visit. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I mean this is a, this is a C it's a C yeah but I mean since the bulk of people haven't seen it do we do we put it into no, no, haven't I, seen how does it uh, work let's let's put it in a C we'll put it in a C I don't think any of us are going to catch C. up and come back and want to rank it so as far as real one is concerned it's super kitschy um you but know, it's, it's it's also Taylor. reflective of the time though yeah for sure yeah yeah and it's that's like an and that's and that's and that's important to see, especially going into the next one we're about to talk about, it's important to remember what these movies were when they came out because a kid who watches Burton's Batman now yeah. is going to be like, what the hell? The Joker's dancing to Prince. But like at the time, you know, that was it. So like we also have to keep in mind all these, you know, and again, I've not seen the Adam West Batman, but I've, I've seen the series and it's very like it's very that's that's Can't an be. era of Batman. Yeah. I, I don't even think it's meant to be campy. I, I think now we look back and it's campy, but it wasn't then. That was just what that's just what media that's was. That's yeah. just, that was just life. Well, I don't yeah. I don't. Burgess Meredith on the, is the penguin like he's vamping it up. Right. But on the scale of Batman, I think C sounds about right. Having seen well, some you of the said series, we can't do that. No, no, no. Why? On the scale of Batman. This is a Batman scale. But I'm okay. saying it's what do you feel once these are on the okay. list? Yes. What, right. what, I mean, what, and granted, I, I, I don't even know what, what right. I'm saying because I uh, haven't seen it. But what I, Jake I, is I, referencing <laughs> what Jake is referencing is once we start to get these on the list, what we don't do is say, well, I don't think that movie X is a B, but we have it on B. So I can't put this movie here because I think it's a B. You know, it, we're not comparing the list because we're averaging our scores. It's a it's a collaborative. Do you guys list. do you guys ever wonder, like, um, like if, if he's Kanye's Kanye's favorite Batman? Interesting. Or at least related to him in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I was just that's yeah. what I was wondering. Moving yeah. on. Um, <laughs> we have Batman 1989. <laughs> Michael Keaton, hey. Tim Burton. Uh, I, I think that's an A. A? I'd say A. Yeah, like a. A. that's just, yeah, I mean, Keaton is phenomenal. Nicholson's phenomenal. Um, Burton's so, realization of Gotham is phenomenal. I've gone back to rewatch this somewhat recently because mm-hmm. my memory of it is that it's like a little bit overrated in that it's not it's not as good as people make it out to be sort mm-hmm. of thing, because I remember the cheesy bits of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that Nicholson was overdoing it a tad. It's a lot darker wrong. than I remembered. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was wrong. It's actually it actually holds up yeah. really well. And Keaton Dude, is, as yeah. you say, I, fantastic. I, I also I also re, I, can't, I can't imagine why I rewatched, but I rewatched it recently um, and felt the same way I felt about it while rewatching Top Gun, which is like I really expected it to be aged and dated and neither were. And it was a really pleasant surprise for both of them. Well, that scene when, when we, the Joker doesn't he just like open a gun up and just start shooting people in an office or something like that? I, I can't remember the scene. Uh, Nicholson's uh, Joker. I thought there was like some like he just like randomly kills people like like. In a, but I know he's a villain, but it's pretty brutal. Like yeah, it's not it is, it's, yeah. it's not like a comic booky. Like hey, you're right. I, I kind of look back on Batman and I was like, I wonder if that's gonna be a little over the top and cheesy. That movie's kind of dark yeah. and gritty. Like I mean, yeah. it's Burton clearly, but it's a lot darker than I remembered. All right. Well, uh, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton again. And Danny Elfman. Oh, that score. Danny Elfman. Classic score. Uh, Batman Returns, 1992. Batman Returns. So I'm in the camp that I don't like this one as much as the first one. And I know some people argue that it's as good, if not better. And I don't think it is. I think it's a B. I think that's an S. You think it's an S? An S. Yeah, I think it's one of the I think it's one of the all time great Batman. I'm with Kev that I think it's like Dark Knight level. Yeah. Wow. All right. Now this is where, all right. Now this is going to get a little more interesting than I thought. Okay. All right. It I'm, is. I'm, I'm a B on that one for sure. I oh, love Danny DeVito. Come on. Come on. Michelle Pfeiffer. It's, so a, it's, 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 it's perfect. a good it's, It is a perfectly realized Gotham. It is a perfectly realized everything. Oh my God. Danny DeVito's performance. Uh, yeah. Oscar worthy nomination. Like he deserved an Oscar nomination for that. So it's you're going to tell me that, 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 that Batman Returns is going to be on par with some of the best Nolan. Yes. Batman films. Yes. We'll get there. Well, we haven't gotten to yes. Nolan yet. And again, we're not wrong. we're not we're not supposed to be allowed to do that, but yes, I do I do think. I, I think I think uh, a director's vision of Gotham special special. <laughs> you have like 84 stupid ass Marvel movies in S. <laughs> Like if, 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 if Kevin Feige sneezes on a film reel, you put it in S. It's true. Batman it's Returns true. belongs in the You're S. Batman <laughs> Returns is a good movie. It's not an S. It is it, an S. It's a good movie. It's strong. It's a good, very Gabe, good Gabe, movie. Gabe, don't you do it normally weigh in in these Gabe situations? Hasn't weighed yeah, in I do. Yet. I would put it at A. I would put it at A trending B maybe, but I feel like it's just as good as as uh, eighty nine Batman. Like I've never. So we put me, it in A then? To me, I, no, I yeah, I always put them at the same level. S would Every be too high for me. But averaging out, that would put it with two B's and S and an A. It puts it at an A, I believe. Hot That's damn. fine. So I'll take it. I, I mean, I, I'm not angry, but it's good. It's not an yeah, A. You're, it's yeah, good. Well, welcome, welcome to my world during the Marvel. Tim so, Burton's movies are not both A's. Yeah, they're not. Yes, so, they are. The first one. Well, is. you're you're right because one of them's an S. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's one that I've seen, but I wouldn't be comfortable ranking it because I haven't seen it since I was like. A child, if I watched it now, it would be with fresh eyes, uh, which is the animated film Batman Mask of the Phantasm. I've never Who's, seen it, but I've okay. only heard amazing things. Exactly. I, yeah, I honestly and I don't mean to keep doing this. I would put that in the A category. Okay. Um, Batman. First of all, Batman, the animated series is one of the all time exactly. great animated series um, in the history of television. I'm, I don't think I'm um, going overboard by saying that. And this is like an incredible extended episode of right. that. So we bring in uh, Mark Hamill's Joker. Um, it just it, it's just everything that's great about Batman, the animated series. Kevin um, Conroy. Yeah. Kevin, who, who is just a, a genius in, Batman. in terms of. Yeah, Batman. it's yeah, 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 it's incredible. If I, we I had really, to pick I, a definitive Batman. Like, wouldn't you pick the voice of 
Kevin Conroy? Like, I mean, it's it's you. I, I get angry when people start throwing around names and then don't mention him. And honestly, so, I'm probably guilty of that as well. Like, I get mad at myself whenever I go, "Oh my god, how did I not mention Kevin?" So I'm just as guilty of that. Um, but I, I, I don't mean to speak for the group. For me, I Mask of Phantasm. I would give an A. I've not seen it. I've not seen it, so I have to. I haven't seen it. So for me, I, the reason why I say I'm less comfortable ranking it because I can't differentiate it from the animated series. Like it's been that long. Like I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know enough to say is it an S or an A for but me. But it didn't really. I, yeah, but it didn't really I go to m- theaters, right? It was. Uh, it was straight, straight to video. Yeah, in the snap case. Been. Yeah, but um, so that's why I'm. I in my head, I would probably lean towards S just because that's how I view the animated sure. series and that sure. and that creative team. Um. But I'm definitely comfortable at an A, Jake. Absolutely. Cool. A lot of A's for the old Batman. We could always return to Batman Returns and bring it down to a B. Sure. <laughs> return. If, we, if we're doing that, then we're sitting down and redoing all of Marvel. <laughs> all right. All right. And we're just going to shift settle everything down. down. We are going to You guys get real pissy whenever it's <laughs> my <laughs> movies that I'm, that I'm bringing up. It's going to get heated when we get but, to the But my God, freaking oh Ant-Man. Let's, let's hurl some Oscars at it. Ant-Man's awesome. Better than Batman Returns. (laughs) We are are not going to continue to talk about... Ant-Man is not better than Batman Returns, sir. All right, we're going to stay on on topic with Batman and not Marvel. Real blend out of context. Quote that. All right, Batman Forever. The first Schumacher, Val Kilmer as the Bat, 1995. I I think that's a fun B. B. I think that's a really fun B. Again, I've said this before on the show, I have an affinity for the Schumacher films because I was... A small child when those came out. Uh, there was no, I was not jaded at all. I did not have like a, that's not my Batman moment. That was the Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on, and honestly, like if we, if you were of a certain age, like Jim Carrey was it at that yeah. time. Oh, and yeah. Jim Carrey in a Batman movie right. was, and that version of DC was like yeah. the Six Flags rides were that version yeah. of DC. Yes. And so like I actually, I remember being like going like Batman ride. And it felt yeah. like you were in a Schumacher film. Yeah. Yeah. That's not really talking flags, about so the movie, though. No, we well, no, are. I, I rewatched it um, recently when we lost Joel Schumacher and just still had that feeling of like, this is really fun. It's this is a, this fun. is a really, it's really a B. I like it as B. Yeah, I think it's a B, too. Okay, I'm not going to fight you guys. It's a C for me um, because it's so corny. <laughs> like the Schumacher ones are just really corny. And this but, one's but there's a difference between this one, one and the one we're about to talk about. There's a 100%. massive difference. And I think I think this one's a C and that's a D. But I, I'll give you guys a B. Tommy Lee Jones is, is horrific in this movie. Oh, I think he's fantastic. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I love horrendous. Tommy Lee Jones scene chewing and, and Jim Carrey scene. Everyone is just oh, just every, everyone. Everyone, as, as, as the kids say, movie. everyone in that movie. No, I disagree. I think everyone in that movie understands the assignment. <laughs> All Again, right. I won't I won't fight you because it's, it's lose. the differentiation well, between the B and the C is fine. But yeah, like, I'm very, I'm very happy with this ranking movie, so far. This is the type of movie that was the movie exists to sell Happy Meals. It's not they didn't make this movie because they had a movie. They had I think I think that if if I mean, d- technically, I think if you are can defend right himself because, would, yeah, I, I mean, mean, don't forget, like the whole reason um uh, Warner Brothers was pissed about Batman Returns is because McDonald's came to them and they were like, how can we do Happy Meal toys for a movie yeah. where the penguin bites the nose off of a guy like like so Sean <laughs> is technically right. And sure. uh, Batman uh, forever exists to so, like so. So, yes, but it's also it does, doesn't change the fact that it's a very fun movie. 
they I also, guess they, they, they didn't they didn't uh, uh, connect on the promise of the title though because he didn't stay Batman forever. Like they, true, they, right. they kept changing yeah. Batman. Batman one time. Yeah, Batman, Batman this time. Batman Yolo. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, the second and final Joel Schumacher Batman. Uh, Batman and Robin. George Clooney. It's a D. It's a George D. It's a C because Nipples I like Clooney. I like Arnold in this one. I'm, I'm, I, I, I like Mr. Freeze. I don't care. Yeah. I like his jokes. Yeah, I, I, that, I, that, I am. It's fun. I'm, I'm C trending D. I'm C. Yeah. I again, it's I'm. It's is all subjective. I was the right age for these. It's a the, these sure. Two, and, these yeah. two films are back to back. Gentlemen, yeah. but that, that, was, that one's that, harder to watch yeah. than. So this yes. isn't a D. Nothing's a D. First of all, <laughs> you're, you're wrong. I don't know. We haven't gotten to. Uh, there's another film that I think. Oh okay. no! There's definitely a D. Yeah, on there, this there's list. A, there's a D on this list we haven't gotten right, to yeah. yet. Interesting. Wait, well, do we not have anything below a D anymore? Well, no, well, no, because remember we, we changed, changed it F to, F to that's right. That's right. Okay, cool. I could Sorry. add an F if we wanted. I just didn't think we'd really go that I low. Yeah, I don't really. But, uh, I, I don't think know. there's an F. In, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm I C trending like D, so, so a, add that into the average. I feel okay. like this is a D. So okay, so we have a, a I, two C's. I really, a D. I, I'm not I, mad at a C. I C is probably the right answer. Yeah. I honestly, I I do feel like C is the right answer because I'm again, you, it's a movie that that is exactly what it was meant to be. But that's a, if the intention is bad and then it's, the movie turns out bad, it doesn't win a point. Well, for no, achieving well, no, because I, I think I think it's it's supposed to be much more reflective of like the Adam West days. But do you remember how shitty Bane is in this movie? He's like, but a like I gotta be honest. I but, but it's you, his own thing. I I just have a different experience watching Batman and Robin than I do the Dark yes, Knight. You were I don't kid. go into it, but you I can still I can still sit down and watch Batman and Robin and just be like, oh, this is ridiculous. But I'm also having a really fun time. It's fun. It's fun. I think Batman fun. shouldn't be fun. Okay, you're, well, you're, you should up. be. <laughs> Shut up, Batman shouldn't be fun. Oh my Batman god, Batman shouldn't you, be fun. You sound no, like comic book guy stop. from The Simpsons. You no, Batman. Like... Batman can be fun in in a Lego Batman. Movie. All right, Sean, I'm going to respond to you see. the way I want to respond to all these people on the internet. That's we just got like a whole this. emo Batman. There movie. is no no. There is no there is no he shouldn't be or he has to be. It's fictional it's, characters. It's a fictional character. Allow anyone to take it and make their version yeah. of it, and it does not have to be whatever. That's fine. Whatever That's your fine. introduction was, but it doesn't change doesn't the fact that this it. is a terrible. I mean, that isn't that the it's message of Nolan's movie. Batman movies is that Batman is whatever we need him to be. Like whenever Listen. I was ten Boom. years old, that's Love what it. I needed Batman to be. Love it. Listen, I'm on record that this is a D. Y'all do what you want. I'm All on right. record that you're a D. All right, that's fine. C for me. <laughs> I'll go to a C because that that does feel right. I do. Yeah. C C feels I right. Like it really does. I want to say B still. Uh, and then Kev, what you returns? Um, uh, Batman and Robin is C. No, return should be a B. That's three C's. All right, so we're gonna That's go fine. with a C. Make it a C. But you're wrong. Going All of you C. are wrong. This is C. Now, now you. This welcome to my to my Marvel ranking world. <sighs> it's fine. <laughs> All right. Now here's we where, move. Here's where the fights begin. Now we move up to 2005 uh, with Nolan's Batman Begins. A. I don't, an S. I knew Sean was going to say this was an S. So did I. An S. And it, it honestly, it's it honestly the, might. Ooh, it's a perfect movie. It's perfect. It's not. It's, it's, it's a an perfect a. movie. What's no, it's, it. I would say it's a trending S. Okay. Which, I know, which I know doesn't help split, but it's a trending. Kev, <laughs> Kev, to follow up, though, what what knocks it from an S for you? You're saying it's not perfect. 
what's the no 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 I, th- I just think the dark knight is far superior this would be like terminator one to terminator two being an a to an s like okay. i think batman begins is an a it's a great film great score great action great setup to the story but dark knight blows it over the top like dark knight is just like the difference in quality from one to two it to me is just they astounding. could both they, they could both be an s i just don't think that batman begins had uh, it's i think it's, it's a, great a perf- i think it's like a, it's a it, perfect introduction it's, it's to the batman perfect. character yeah, it is a perfect encapsulation. Honestly, if we, if we, if we picked Batman S, I wouldn't be mad about it. Oh, I mean, come on, yeah, we're, guys. We're, we're splitting it's, it's hairs by this point. Yeah, we're splitting yeah, yeah, hairs yeah. between S and A. Like, we're not, we're not really fighting over this one. I, I, I think, think I, I think I want to say S. I mean, I, I wouldn't be, like I said, I'm A trending S, so Morgan I, Morgan Freeman I be, is terrific in yeah. this. Michael Caine Morgan is the perfect. Freeman. As yeah. long as the next Alfred. one's an S, I don't care. And, and uh, again, I don't want to get into the Dark Knight just yet because we're about to get in there, so we can, we can follow up on this. The, the Dark Knight has some, I think, well-criticized problems with the, the, the way the third act plot works a little bit, mm-hmm. whereas I don't think Batman Begins has any of this. Like, I, I, think, think so, I, think, I think it's I think the perfectly Dark plotted. I think the Dark Knight is one of the most revolutionary films of all time. I think sure. Batman Begins is a great Batman. It has movie. so many reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not, I'm not saying the Dark Knight is trash. I'm just saying, uh, looking at them too, I, you know, both S is probably fine. I don't see this like I don't see like a fundamental flaw. Oh, it's not a flaw. It's just a With great Batman, Batman movie. It's just not a masterpiece. Like, all right, so where do we go all. here? We have two S's. We have an A trending S, and we have an A. Does that make it an S? Or does it I have mean, to be I have an no A? Problem. No, I have no problem with being an S. I think that the thing that like kind of brings it down for me a little bit is that I think that Bale is infinitely more interesting as Batman than he is Bruce Wayne. It's Um, on the opposite. And and he's he is Bruce Wayne much more in this movie than he is in the other movie that we're going to talk about that we're not allowed to talk about yet. (laughs) You don't like him as Bruce Wayne? No, I love his Bruce. No, yeah, keep in mind he is my he is my favorite both i just okay, think i both. just enjoy watching him more as batman and than i do much bruce wayne all right yeah, See, yeah, I, yeah I think he's the best bruce wayne ever but i think affleck's the best batman ever all right so i uh, confidently we're putting batman begins at s huh i'm i'm perfectly okay I with that okay with that there. yeah all right <clears throat> well let's move right into the dark knight haven't <laughs> seen it <laughs> Jake's feed um, just drops. We don't even address it in the show. He never shows up again. <laughs> so I, I know Kevin thinks it's an S. It is an S. I think it's an A. I think it's an A. It's an S. Um, but it's but an I want to hear. I want to hear your. Re- I want to hear your reason. <laughs> tell me what. Tell me why you're wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me, let me tell yeah, you when I stop exactly. listening to what you were saying. <laughs> um, Sean, it, it, a joke. It is the third act. The third act pulls it down to an A for me. Uh, the the bit on the boats is is stupid. How like dare you? Stupid. I'm literally looking out where it happens. That's fine. <laughs> what does that what does that have to do with it? That, that has nothing to do with anything. Um, <laughs> <I'm> looking at <laughs> like the whole bit with with um, Morgan Freeman, you know, tapping into the the like using the technology to tap into the phones and the threat about who's going to do what with the explosives and it's just it's not fully formed it's not fully baked and it feels like it was a setup through no fault of nolan's you know i think he probably would have intended to use joker more sure you know it felt like it felt like they left him in a spot where they would have been able to continue to use him and i, I think they, nolan, they literally left him hanging if nolan has said and i think he said in interviews that he 
didn't think ahead of whether he was planning yeah. to use Joker or whatever the intention was. Um, I don't think that that's probably accurate. I think he probably would have kept continued to tell a Joker story. I, I um, still believe that they would have brought in Bane and Bane would have broken the Joker out of Arkham. I, I truly believe that that's what well, that's what would have happened. And we'll maybe. Know. And so but there's I also just think that there's a there's a, so much going on in the Dark Knight, which might be commendable to it. It, it tackles a lot, right? Like it's. It's it's the, the the mob money and and it's Harvey Dent, you know, and it's it's him turning into two face. It's the Joker. Uh, it, it's Bruce trying to figure out what's going on. Rachel, there's, there's, there's so much happening. Rachel! That I, I think some of it gets short shrift. Like there's that whole element in the middle of it where the guy is threatening to reveal Bruce's identity on TV. And and then like Bruce Wayne has to like cut him off in a traffic jam. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening Damn in right. this movie? It's I don't know. I don't I don't think Nolan had as as strong of a grip on all of the material uh, as he did. in. I think I think Batman Begins is 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 has no fat on it whatsoever. I think the Dark Knight has too much going on with it. Um, And, you know, a lot of it's amazing. And I think some of it some of it isn't. So for that reason, you open it, I bring you open up, open a Batman film with an homage to Michael Mann's heat on a 70 millimeter IMAX screen. I was, I'd never seen anything like that. Also like what's brilliant about the dark Knight is it, it is to me, uh, as opposed to Batman begins dark Knight was a crime drama. It felt like a genuine genre film. That wasn't a superhero film. that just happened to have superheroes in it. And that's why I think mm-hmm. like films like winter soldier were able to happen because of films like dark Knight, where you can have grounded material in these, in these universes in a way where like it's hand to hand, it feels uh, immersive. Like, you know, when mm-hmm. Batman's fighting Joker or whatever, these scenes feel visceral and, and, and real because they are um, dark Knight is like, it, 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 I don't, I, I would, I wouldn't go as far as that. I don't think hardly any movie ever made is perfect. Um, maybe Godfather part two or vertigo. Um, but you know, there's, you know, every film you could probably find a flaw in somehow, but I don't disagree that Dark Knight has some storytelling issues, um, but it's it is it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. And I've said this on the show before, and I I'll keep saying it, it is it, it changed everything for me in terms of what movies could be and not just because of the technical aspects of it, which is a really cool aspect in that way, but like. Put technical aside, I had never felt that level of immersion in my entire life ever. Nothing had ever come close to the way I felt in that in watching that film. Right. Um, I was right there and it was it was an awakening moment. Like it was like I and I said this before on the show. I genuinely feel lucky to be living in an era where he's working because like I, I, if I went back I would love to have lived through Hitchcock or maybe Orson Welles or uh, uh, Kubrick uh, from The Killing. Uh, maybe because I, I know I was alive when he died, but I didn't get that era um, in, in the time that it happened. Um, but Nolan is someone I'm looking at going, damn, I am so happy that I get to be here when he's doing this, because years from now. Yeah, yeah. Just put it where we're. We're. Yeah, it's fine. But anyway, no, no, I, I, I want to hear the rationale for it. Yeah, uh, it's it's. An S. It's it is a it's not it's not just a perfect superhero film. It's not just a perfect Batman film. Like I, yeah. I actually think the script is really tight for all of the um, strings yeah. that it's pulling. Um, I actually I was in a um, a film philosophy class one time 
Taking us and back. we would and we would watch uh, in, in college and we would watch movies uh, and then have like philosophical debates about some of the points that were brought up. And our final and the subject of the final was I'm going to show you a clip of a movie and it's going to present a question and you have to write a philosophy paper about. And that was what the final was. And we had to write the paper in, in class in that moment. And it was Morgan Freeman's monologue about like voyeurism uh, from the Dark Knight about the yeah. whole like what's right and what do we have a right to to see if it has an impact on people's lives. If it has a positive impact. It was so like it, it's literally be, literally being taught in college courses around the yeah. country. And um, the Dark Knight, I was lucky enough to have uh, attended that junket. And a friend of the yes and friend of the show, Chase Cusack, um, came to L.A. with me and came to the screening with me. And it was to date the best movie theater experience of my life. It was like a, a movie where like we were jacked about it going in. It was more phenomenal than we ever even imagined. We saw it in true um, IMAX. And to like have chase there and just like we literally walked out of the theater and just jumped up and down yeah. in the theater lobby. Like that is the it's the most I've ever <laughs> seen a movie in theater. So I think I ended up seeing it not quite Kevin degree, but I saw it six times, which for me is a lot. <laughs> That's a lot and it, was six ti- it was six times before it ever opened, because every time there would be a screening because they yeah. screened the hell out of it because they knew what they had. Every time there was a screening in Houston, I would just take someone back. I would take back another friend or take the girl I was dating or take my parents. I just kept going to see yeah, it. Over showing and over people again. that movie was yeah, like it a was, treat. Cause, it was cause, like, and then yeah. they're like watching their face when things would happen or like watching yeah. their face, you know, with the, the, the magic trick, watching their face when the truck would flip. It's just it's the greatest theatrical experience. And honestly, if it never gets topped, I'm perfectly fine with that. So, and yes, it's an S. Yeah, and the DVD features on that film or the Blu-ray features, that was some of the greatest film school I'd ever seen. I was so obsessed with like because Chris, Chris Nolan like narrates these features and it's like in his brilliant, like awesome voice. Um, and he's just like, it's awesome. That truck flip. If you haven't had yes. a chance, people out there, check out the feature on the, the Blu-ray because the way they tested that before they did it on the streets of Chicago it's just insane. And uh, yeah, I mean, and the guy who flipped that truck, the actor, the stunt actor who was in there was also the same actor, stunt actor who drove the plane into the uh, hangar. Yeah, so tell tenet. me, did, did the Joker have clowns on every skyscraper uh, so that he knew exactly where the helicopters were going to be going so that he could they could shoot the wires? Across? I mean, dude, we could we could seriously hey, yeah, do this Sean, all day. When Tobey Maguire well, came from another universe and right, walked yes. into yeah. Like, how did that work? Now well, I'm going mean, to stop us, and we're going to move on. Film. Because as Jake was had a sling to, ring on, and he was able to go all day. Um, it's, getting, it's getting tense in here. Now, <laughs> now let's find out: Does the Dark Knight rise or does he fall? Because we have the Dark Knight rises to see. See, no, to see. no. So for all the stroking that off is, of Nolan, you guys just did the master, the genius. The no, I can do no wrong, Nolan. That is a that is a strong B. However, look, it, it is, look. However, you feel about there are some great it's a moments C. in that movie. There are no. It is not as that is a B. Game obsessed with Nolan. Save me. That is a B. Disappointing. Let's not talk over each other so much. We have listeners at home. There there are some great. Some of the greatest Batman. Now, granted, it is a incredibly flawed film, but there are some of the greatest Batman moments ever put to film in that movie. Him, him fighting Bane in the sewer. Right. It's no an incredible. Uh, the the opening, uh, the, the the plane crash. Him that 
the the fight with him and Bane in the snow at the end, and whenever uh, Bane is punching him in the stomach, Zimmer's drums come in. Dun, 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 like that's just like yes, there are there's some really stupid stuff. Really like 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 I've never understood how like in when the clock is ticking, how Batman had time to paint the bat symbol in gasoline on the bridge and yes. draw a little line. Like yes, there's incredibly stupid stuff, but the stuff that hits. Hits like a freaking freight train, man. It is it, like this, and it's it's that it's too good to put in the C category. It's too good. No. I'll tell you okay. why. First of no. all, Bane's voice is awful. Like, no, the, the distra- it's it iconic. So, I disagree. God, it is so I distracting. It. I love it. Hardy. Disconnected from right. the story. No, it's a, no. Uh, and the, the Batman one at a time. One at a time, please. Awesome. The, it's gonna, the, I feel bad for Jeff who's editing it this week. One at a time. The <laughs> backbreaking scene's awesome. But well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why his voice sounds awful in it is because Nolan mixed it like dog shit the first time through, and Hardy had to go back and re-record everything, so it literally sounds like it's taped on it didn't to a sound finished right. performance. It di- his voice sounded like it was in another from another film. Like they it was like yeah. brought the the plane sequence to uh to theaters and they showed it the opening. Yes, sequence. I remember this. And the feedback from it was, I don't understand a single word they're saying. Not a single word. You couldn't understand a single thing that Bane was saying. And cool then once scene, you though. finally, it's a cool scene, but it doesn't serve anything. Like, it's, what do you mean? The, it's the introduction that's, of that's Bane. The you learn, you learn about how. Well, no, it introduces Bane. You learn about how just diabolical and smart he is. It's Why? a great introduction he, for Bane. What did he do in that scene? When he kills what did that he guy, accomplish? Drops that plane. In that scene. It's yeah. not plot driven. It's just Martian it's a, it's a, it's a I, well, although I don't know. It might there might be something there that he gets that he uses later plot wise. Or you sounds like Michael Caine. But it's just a, it's Michael a great Bain. introduction to the he, character. What and and, I, and I love the the resolution and the idea that like Batman isn't Bruce Wayne. Like Batman is whoever we need him to be. I, yeah. I just think like First for everything the, it does wrong, it does so we, some great stuff. So right. we have a predicament. I haven't given my score yet. Well, wait, um, can I give can I give one one more point of why this is a C and cannot go any higher? You're a C. OK, Kevin Smith brought up the point about this movie. And the minute he said it, I I didn't think of this on my own. But the minute he said it, I was like, oh, my God, you're so incredibly right. Um, in the beginning of the movie, Batman retires. Bruce Wayne retires like he because he's sad over Rachel. And he said, if anyone knows anything about Batman and Kevin Smith writes Batman books, I mean, he's. He's as big as he calls himself the fat man, like he's the biggest Batman fan ever. And he said that would only drive Batman to go out and fight crime. Even See, harder. I, th- I don't think that's retire. fair to, to, to say I'm with Gabe on this to say, oh, a character Gabe would never do, like it's well, I said this the whole the whole idea of these characters is that we did get different people's interpretation of them. We get different like, yeah, maybe like the, the version of Batman that that uh, Kevin Smith likes yes would be driven nuts by that but like the cre- like batman started as a detective and we just got a detective movie so how come people haven't been bitching for the last 50 years that batman's not a detective like there is no one batman there are variations of different people's interpretation of batman so you can't no one no one has a right to say Jake, that batman would do this or that no one does the fundamental core of batman is that he wouldn't retire i'm going to kick your fundamental core's ass there is no. there is no fundamental no that, that doesn't make like but but isn't Aren't like variations of movies like amazing what ifs like like what like why can't we have a Batman movie where we go oh he was driven to the point of grief where he did like why why, why is it so wrong oh, no. we like, can. Why, 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 so why so why so why is it such a big deal that, that we, we got that but I can tell you that that's stupid you're stupid okay. all right <laughs> um I think it's a B 
And so that puts us in a difficult position. We have two Bs and two I'm B trending A. C's. <laughs> I'm, trending I'm, a. I'm C trending D. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you are. I don't know what to do here because the, the scales are balanced. Um, as Ethan Hawke would say in Moon Knight. Uh, how do we how do we decide? Do we do we do we flip a coin? <laughs> Kevin, are you trending B at all? Dude, think think of think of the good stuff, man. Think of the good times we had. I no, like that. This. Mo- that movie was a disappointment to me. You're, 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 you're disappointing me. You're disappointing me right now. No, dude, it's it's not. It's good. a B. It, it's, it's a not B. Even good. It's, I it's would not, say I'm B trending C for good. sure. I'm B trending C for sure. I'm not B trending no, okay. A. You're not genuinely B trending A though. You said that to tip the scales. No, I think he meant meant it. Right. No, I can see. You know, he didn't immediately respond. He's thinking Isn't about there it. He knows he's B trending C. All the cops in Gotham get caught in a tunnel for like six months. Six months. <laughs> It's so stupid. It's such a bad movie. I think we got to put it at C because Jake. I think if you and I are being honest, we're B trending C. Be honest. No, I'm, I'm solid B. I'm solid B. You're not but, trending but I'm, C. I'm, but I'm, I'm solid B in the sense that like the stuff that I dislike, I hate. But the stuff that I love, the stuff that I love, I love I, it so. I think we have to I put get, it. Get, I think we have to put it C because my trending C is the only thing that's tipping it. And this I can is see the headline right now. It doesn't matter. But movie podcast puts Batman forever over Dark Knight. <laughs> Or something like that. Yeah, sure. Oh, I'd love that headline, please. If you Hollywood Reporter, write this up. Fantastic. Could use the publicity. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Uh, I'm gonna have to drop only, it. In only, only one member of podcast, not a douchebag. Okay. Well, it's not you. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Oh, this is, will be is interesting. Is BVS next, or is um the Lego Movie next? Which one came first? I think BVS. BVS. Okay. 2017. Yeah. Yes. 2016. BVS. We have BVS next as okay, a Batman movie. Are Which we talking cut? about theatrical or ultimate edition? Oh, oh that's Jesus. a good question. Um, I hadn't thought about this. You that, that poster um, is theatrical. Ultimate edition is yeah. the only one that I. I think uh, we have to do ultimate edition. Let's do ultimate yeah. edition. I guess. Has everyone seen the ultimate You're edition? Yeah, yeah, I have. Oh yeah, the yeah. But is there a cut edition. of Dark Knight Rises where he cuts out all the bullshit? Who knows? Maybe that's an S. Um, no. Okay, we'll do we'll do ultimate edition because it is great. I, I'd say it's an A. I think Ultimate Edition is an A. It's awesome, Jake. Oh, uh, it's a B for me. Um, I uh, I really like it. Uh, I I still I still think it's messy. Um, I I don't and never have truly loved Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Um, oh. I, I I do. I've never not seen Affleck. It's unfortunate. I, yes. I, I really like his Batman. Yeah. I'm glad we have it. Yeah. But, but that movie has three of the best Batman scenes of all time. Warehouse scene. Incredible. Mm-hmm. The Batmobile chase. Incredible. Really and then that. the Batman versus Superman fight er, yeah. is incredible. Like, those I, are, can, oh, that's great. Can, I, can I say maybe a hot take? Because it's a meme and I get it and whatever. I genuinely like the Martha moment. I like the Martha thing too. I, I too. love the Martha I, moment. I don't understand. I, like, I, I feel like I think people say they don't because they think that's the cool thing to say. Yeah, I thought I, that was the coolest connection. I never heard, knew that. And it's not like it's that. it's not like it's he's saying it's it's not as crazy or campy as like we have the same mom. It's just that like in that moment he saw him as a human yes. being. I thought that was such a beautiful to tie that to their yeah. their mothers. Yeah, really. I, I, I am with you on I, that. I am. I, I, I will back that. In the Ultimate Edition, it shows a, a really good sense of Clark Kent going out and investigating who the Batman is, which I found yeah. to be really interesting. It gives way more credence to Lex Luthor manipulating the two of them to fight against each other. 
which was kind of hackneyed in the theatrical cut mm-hmm. and the bullet, um, the bullet yeah. stories. Expanded. Yeah, that, that's and, the whole Jimmy Olsen stuff is actually very crucial. And we kind of like the introduction of Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is, is oh, really yeah. great. Yeah, that's true, yeah. too. Really great. I mean, okay, Zimmer, I would, I would, guitar score? I would say B trending A. Okay. I'm A. I think I'm, I'm A. So we're, so we're, we're I'm, I'm, I honestly, I'm perfectly fine with that. Okay. It's a so warehouse scene alone is an S. I, I think I think it's one of those things that for me and granted, we talk about different interpretations and different variations of Batman. Right. I just like my Batman a little bit more grounded. Like I don't I don't really want my bat I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong, but I just like my Batman not in a fantastical world, if that makes sense. So I think that's why like the second he teams up with a Superman or a, or a Wonder Woman or a, or an Aquaman, it's just it's lesser for me than the. Um, You've heard uh, of the Justice League, though, right? Uh, well, we'll get there. All right. Wondering. Let's move on to uh, the Lego Batman, a fun uh, entrance into the Batman canon. I have not seen it, though. I think it's um, an A. I think that's an A. I, I think it's a brilliant script. It's off. a yes, it is I've a it's brilliant great, yeah. script. It, like honestly, I would argue just as good as the Lego movie. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting too because it took what was a very funny part of the Lego movie mm-hmm. and expanded it out, which usually means that it runs the joke into the ground. Mm-hmm. And I thought that they found just as many funny things, yes. you know, to explore. In yeah. also introduction of uh, Zoe Katz Kravitz as uh, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. There you go. Very good point. Yes, I just I think Will Arnett is is perfect as that yeah. version of the yeah. delusional Batman. Yeah, and uh, the only and, thing and, that and counts against it right now is I I couldn't tell you what the plot is. I have no idea what the story I remember is something with the Joker. Movie. But but couldn't you say that like <laughs> this wait, movie, wait, 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 the like, Batman movie, the plot is something about the Joker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the Lego Batman though is such um like a reflection and a result of Nolan's Batman's. Which I think is like sure. it's, it's 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 a very interesting, Darkness. smart, buried commentary right. on that's like kind of how the Lego what's happened works. to yeah the that's Lego true narrative too. stuff is always like reflecting the pop culture yeah. moment. Like, I don't know if you ever play those games and stuff, but their stories are very you know they like to subvert this sort of joke. Uh, so, so we're a we got one B I mean, and two. I think it's got to be Kev's got to be, but uh, Kev is there a reason? I'm, no, I'm B trending A. I like I like that film, but like but the reason why I didn't think A originally is because I don't remember the story. Yeah, I don't um, remember. I remember, I remember liking it, um, yeah. but I, I'm B trending A. I don't mind an A because I remember thinking it was great. I just don't remember it enough to be confident in an A. But I'll, I'm okay with it. All right. I can remember being at the press screening and laughing my face off during it. I love it. I met Tony Hawk at that premiere. I remember that. Well, that's an A right there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I don't mean to brag, but uh, can I tell you who I saw at the Star Wars Episode Nine premiere? Us? Dude from Backstreet Boys. Oh, oh. that's true. Okay. AJ. AJ. <laughs> Uh, okay, one that one that we <laughs> so one of my favorite stories. One that we ever. skipped over. I'm going to double back on because I don't know that any of us have seen this. I haven't seen this. I've heard it's fantastic. I know the storyline and the story is really cool. But Batman Under the Red Hood. It's like 75 minutes. I think it was straight mm, to video. It's very borderline Batman movie, but it's a Batman movie. It's interesting that like that's on there, but a lot of the other animated films that are on like HBO Max, like The Killing Joke, aren't on here. Yeah, this was the this was this was the these are like the two that are like noted as films. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I mean, Mask of Phantasm, I get. Yeah, that um, and Lego Batman are like, yeah. as far as I can tell, officially. Yeah. This one was like a this one like a was a weird middle ground because it's like seventy five minutes. Has anyone seen this movie, Batman Under the Red Hood? 
I have not mm. been able to no? see it. No, okay. Yeah. I didn't think so. It was on this list. We will just put it in haven't seen. That's why I added this category. I've heard it's great. I know that storyline. Yeah. That storyline is badass. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen that that Is it is it Kevin doing the voice? Uh I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So. That, that, that makes me wanna watch it. Um let me check. Let me check. Vamp while I check. We're vamping very well. Yeah, you guys should talk with what vamping means. Normally Gabe can't get us to shut up, but yeah. at this point he's like, please talk for the yeah, moment. Now I, now I know the secret. Could you guys give me uh, two minutes of uh, talking? Yeah. And then you guys... And we just... I, we just I, I, I'm uh, feeling pretty good about this ranking so far. Yeah, I think it's... I think I think we're being very fair. Yeah. Except for... Uh, Dark Knight uh, being yeah. an S. I, uh... I, I feel much better about this ranking, even though I've had to make some concessions. Um, than I did the Marvel ranking. What about the Spider-Man ranking? Uh, Bruce, Bruce did, Greenwood played Batman. Oh, really? Batman. Yeah. Jensen wow. Ackles plays uh, Jason Todd. Neil Patrick Harris plays oh. Dick Grayson. Oh. Um, John DiMaggio, which if you're like a Futurama fan or he's just a very, very famous voice actor, plays Joker. Oh, oh. so no Hamill? Jason Isaacs as Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, I think this was a, this was it's just a completely it's separate. fresh okay, cast. Right. Yeah, it would kind of be weird for for Hamill to have a different Batman. Sure, sure, sure. I don't sure. think they've ever. I, mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like they've always been together. Um, mm-hmm. All right, that brings us to Justice League. Um, Justice League theatrical version, as brought to you by Joss Whedon. Um, that. Uh, do I need is, to add an F? I, I would put that in the F. If we had an F, I would say F. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't think there's I don't think there's a single redeeming quality no. about it. I don't no. think any of these that we have left are going to go into D. So I'm just going to. Uh, yeah, neither of those are D, on, so we're if, fine. If watching on video, I've changed the D to an F. Imagine, Kev, imagine gonna, an empty D. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I, I think it's just. That's obvious. Just an F. I, I don't hate that film as much as you guys do, but I would you put it in a D? No, but after seeing like obviously Snyder's real cut, I mean, because remember, you have to remember Justice League the theatrical cut still had Snyder's scenes in it. Like like 100%. like like there were a lot of things them. that I the, there were Re-cropped things that I liked. Recolored. Like that, I mean, there were things I liked in that film when I first saw it. But this is—I also didn't know the story about what happened and everything yet. So, it, 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 my my thoughts in that film have changed drastically over the yeah. years, just because I when I learned more about it and then I saw his actual intended cut. Right, it changed it for me. So, I wanted to my ask thoughts that. in this movie are a little muddled. It's weird. I want to. I want to. I'll ask the the table, but Sean in particular, because you wrote a book on this. You can find that on Amazon or wherever you buy books. I did. Um, how did you feel when you finally saw the Snyder cut? Like, did that make that seem even worse? Like, how much did how much did the Justice League cut? Diminish? It got worse watching when it. you were yeah. like, "Wait, this is what he had that he could have like that he had oh, to deal yeah, with." Yeah, yeah, it actually it made me angrier about how bad uh, yeah the Justice League cut is because I I thought the Justice League movie was really really bad to begin with. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 sloppily put together. Um, there's scenes that, that look like they were, you know, cut and stitched in, in really uncomfortable ways. All the Henry Cavill stuff, uh, that you, that we wrote in depth about the Russian family, yeah. you know, that shoehorned into it, oh. the, the color scheme of it and how, tr- uh, how awful it looks. And then when you see Snyder's finished version and you think of, of the extent that Whedon went to change it, you know, uh, he didn't just sort of make do with what was there, uh, and punch in some humor, Right. He literally changed it from like start to finish. Like they had that opening scene with Batman on the roof 
uh, with the guy from Mindhunter is just so clumsy and awkward and and silly, you know, and, and you realize that like Joss wrote that as, to, as like a different opening. So it's all of it is bad. Like all the I, I've heard one defense of Joss's League, which makes a little bit of sense to me, which is I've heard some parents say. My kids really like this because they love seeing all the characters together and I can't show them Zach's version because Zach's version is super intense. So if you have kids who yeah. just want to see Superman next yeah. to Batman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. In the same in way that we're action, defending Batman exactly. and Robin. For sure. Yeah. The exact then, same thought. Then yeah. cool. I can't make that, you know, I can't sure. take that away from you. And that makes a, a ton of sense in the world. But sure. cool. outside of that, uh, of an adolescent who doesn't process film in any way, shape or form, uh, I don't think the movie has any merit. Uh, Sean, I have a quick question for you. Um, yeah. I think it goes without saying that the Snyder cut is not what... Zack Snyder would have been able to put in theaters. Right, right, right. What do you think his theatrical cut would have looked like? Um, it still would have been, it still would have been much better. I think he, he would have just taken most of what's there. And I don't, and I don't mean that as a like defense of, of Joss's cut. I just, I'm just curious as to like what, what his, yeah. his two, two and a half hour cut would have looked like. Yeah, I think he probably would have gotten away with like a two forty five. Yeah. Um, and so you're talking about taking an hour, an hour and 15. Sure. So maybe it would be first off, the you'd lop off the entire stuff at the end with the future scene, you know, with mm-hmm. the nightmare scene. And yeah. And Joe, because that's all that's all extra shoots. Yeah. And maybe they'd scale back uh, a lot of the battle towards the end. Um, but you'd leave in a lot of significant things like uh, Clark's. Uh, Reunion with his mom on the farm and, you know, probably you tighten up some. I think he probably also would have made the decision to take out some of the cyborg and his father Mm -hmm. stuff uh, and just tighten that up a little bit. Probably a lot of the Amazonian, uh, the Amazon stuff. So so, uh, everything there, but maybe just everything tightened up a little bit. I think so. Okay, yes. that makes sense. Less slow makes motion. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. You, yeah. you, you buy yeah. back 30 minutes. Yeah, right yeah. I would say you cut slow motion. It's a 90 minute movie. Yeah, I do. But I do love it. I do. Love oh, my it. God. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, let's, yeah. let's dive right into Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I, 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 I have to just say I got to say a because I, okay. um, I don't think it's an S. I, I, an a as well. I will say an A. Easy. Easy. Yeah, yeah. I think. It's yeah. A. Um. It's a fascinating experiment. Yes. Yeah. It I'm is so, so cool. And one that, and it's awesome. one that I, I think yeah. all of us are glad exists. It's oh awesome. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. All right. And we will round this off. I, we're just going to keep it moving. We could keep, we, you know, we kind of talked about Zack Snyder's Justice League with the Justice League. Um, that brings us to friend of the show. Check out his interview. It was fantastic. Matt Reeves, the Batman. That's another A for me. It's another A for me. I'm B trending A, but I don't mind oh, yeah. A. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm hard A. I wonder if I'm A trending S, and I want to. I have only seen it once. Interesting. Um, I absolutely loved my experience watching it. I mm-hmm. love the vengeance arc, um, and kind of where that goes, and that how that culminates in the scene of when he realizes, you know, in his second year, he, he sort of understands what he is and what he mm-hmm. could be and what he wants to be, and how that's being reflected in these villains and, um beautiful and i love that there are some problems having like spoken with you guys and some friends but i wonder if i see it again where it would land on that it's probably going to be a solid i will say it lost like decimal points of influence on a second watch see that's that's so i'm sorry continue well, I, I picked up a few more things that looked like they were restrictions from COVID, which isn't the movie's oh, fault necessarily. Yeah, sure, yeah. But some of the scenes that were shot on sets, and then I could not shake because Kevin brought it up um, that that uh, 
Commissioner Gordon is he's in a different movie. Like, <laughs> he is a little his, his line readings yeah. are he's in like the Adam West films or something. Like, like I don't know. I don't know where he like, I love Jeffrey Wright. Such a great actor. I'm just like, yeah, it, yeah. it didn't feel like they were like Bane's voice in Dark Knight Rises. It's like they don't feel like they're in the same movie. I rewatched it on HBO Max not too long back. And I remember thinking, man, the the detective nature of this story makes sure. it play really well at home. Like the fact that like, yes, there are really, really big, huge bombastic scenes that were fantastic in theaters, like the like the the, the turning on of of the Batmobile. But mm. the the in, um, intimacy of the the detective angle of it, I think, makes it play really well at home. Cool. Uh, also, uh, uh, my, my thing is, is on like the back of the DVD. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I having it on the same line as Batman Forever would be weird um, because I I like Batman again, Forever. Again, we don't we don't play. It I know it's way. just it's hard to see it like that because I mean, because mm-hmm. to me the Batman is a better film than Batman Forever. Yeah, yeah. I probably would have Batman Forever to see and then Batman in a B if right. I if I was thinking right. about but it. But again, Batman. again, this is a collaborative list. So oh no, al- I know. There's always there's always going to be that. There's always going to be that. Yeah. You know, this, and in the same way that I think it's weird that um you know uh. Lego Batman and Batman Returns are on the same, you know, but it, but again, well, sure. that's not how we do it. All right. Well, there's our Batman tier list. Uh, <laughs> Lego I'm Batman actually, and the four-hour Snyder Cut. I'm actually fairly that. happy with <laughs> that, to be honest with list. you. Yeah. It's a fun list. Write uh, okay in. Write in. If you're watching on YouTube, comment below. Let us know your list, where you have things. Um, a lot of you are probably going to tell us how wrong we are, and that's okay. We think that we're wrong, too, because we don't all agree with all these rankings. It's fun. Um, but we are going to take a quick ad break, a late ad break. Because uh, we are about an hour into the show, so this will be fun. Um, and then when we get back, uh, the boys are going to talk Ozark spoilers a little bit uh, before we move on. So we'll be right back. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly, and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, now that Ozark has dropped its final batch of episodes and has concluded, uh, we wanted to take some time to dive into the show as a whole and talk about spoilers for the uh, back half of season, what was this, four? Season four? Yep. Yeah, season four, part, part two. two. Season yep. four, part two. Okay, so if you haven't seen Ozark, skip ahead to our labeled uh, This Week in Movies section. And um, I'm going to go first, and I'm just going to say that I was not prepared for how dark uh, this yeah. back half was, was going to be. <laughs> and mind you, like Ozark, it's not that Ozark is a happy show in any way, shape, or form, and that, you know, the, the birds uh, have, have tended to ruin the lives of just about everybody around them. Um, but like they took out literally, literally everyone, uh, leading up into this. And I kind of thought that like, there would be some kind of redemption mm -hmm. and it was really just a, 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 a gross feeling of the bad guys won yeah. kind of thing. And uh, I was, I, I guess I commend it, you know, for embracing that, that darkness, which was prevalent in the show all the way throughout, you know, right down to the final moment being mm -hmm. the corruption of, of the yeah. youngest member of the yeah. family and and this and the sense of pride on marty and wendy's face like they almost like when he comes out with that gun at the end yeah almost like oh look what we've done like he's yeah. one See, of us now i didn't read that i i read it as like i didn't read that they were proud of him i read that they were like oh this is the only way we're going to get out of the situation right like okay. I, I i think that what so for people who don't know what we're referring to like like the the son at the end of the show um if you watch the series comes out with Jonah. a gun it has a very sopranos ending it goes to black and you have to kind of decide what you think happens um but it's not as as, as uh it, it's a little Ambitious. more clear than, yeah. than sopranos um but in that moment like basically if you go back to first season of Ozark, you saw Jonah playing with the gun. He was always a very, he was always kind of playing with guns. He was shooting animals, um, doing some, you know, some things that seemed a little concerning to the parents, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, you're having, it's a story about a family who's laundering money for a drug cartel and they, and they enter into the Ozarks and basically ruin everyone's lives that are there. It's really Everyone. depressing. It's yeah. really depressing. Um, Particularly and we'll to We'll get to Ruth in a second, because I think uh, that that's my only complaint about the finales. I think she should have lived and I'll explain why. Um, but I do think the Jonah moment, the 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 I don't know. I, I think they're not proud of him for what he's about to do, which is shoot this guy who basically has uncovered that they are responsible for Laura Linney's character's brother's death. Um, and that moment is is defining because we spent an entire season with this family trying to get out of this situation and literally their entire life forward is in the hands of this one guy. And mm. I think in that moment, the reason why they seem approving is because they just put their kids through all of this. And now it's now, I don't know timing wise, if Jonah could have tossed the gun to uh, Bateman for them to pull the trigger. So Jonah didn't have to do it. Um, but I, to we, me, it's I very, I, I think it's very know, indicative it's, that Jonah pulled the trigger. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying he doesn't pull the trigger. I'm saying I'm saying that there could have been like I don't find them approving of the fact that he's in. But, but there was even I that moment um, like, earlier oh, in the okay. season where um, Jonah starts laundering money for them. And right. uh, and Marty kind of says, man, laundering money at, at 15. And when he right. says, like, do not be proud of him for this. So well, to me, that already that's already kind of planting the seeds that they they are kind of proud that they're getting I, into this stuff. 
See, I I always thought the push pull of that situation with the kids and the and the parents were that they never felt okay with the fact that their kids were involved in this at all. And I think in that moment, the proud of moment, I think they're just they're joking within their situation of how crazy this all is anyways. But in terms of the look, I found that to be like, oh, this this is just the way it has to be. And all yeah, right. I mean, like, I want to ask a question. Wild. Do you guys think that the show stuck the landing? Is Ozark a good show or a great yes. show? Uh, I it's think a, it's a great show. What I, what I think is yeah. interesting is that, and I'm curious as to the people that surround you guys, um, everyone in my life came to me in, with the question of not is someone going to die, but who is going to die? Like people are going like of, of the birds. Like, do you think the kids are going to die or the parents mm-hmm. going to die or one of the kids going to die? Like, but, but like the, this mentality of they've got to pay for what they've done, right? There has to be. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, the show wasn't that like it was almost the antithesis yeah. of breaking didn't bad like, that. like yeah. break breaking bad very much had walter white uh you know having his comeuppance he had to pay for what he did and he did um and i think that with what this show says because you're right sean throughout the show the birds are constantly told you don't care how many lives you ruin to do what you have to do and that message to me summed up the entire ending they don't care who they had to screw over, even no. even Ruth. They did not care. And the fact that this show basically ended by saying, look, a lot they of times cared. the bad guy, but not enough to do anything about it. I think he was afraid of his wife. I really I think he was afraid. No, of I, think he was afraid I think he was afraid of um, of, of the sister. Well, no, Laura Linney was like the brilliance of Laura Linney's performance in the show is that she really is the commanding presence of that family. You're right. But I also think on the flip side of that, that Marty is a coward. I think he's very smart. But I but at the end of the day, like he I still I think he was willing to do whatever it takes to get out. Even like I think think he's going to be torn by Ruth. I think that's going to weigh on him heavily. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to chalk it up to that's what needed to be done to get me and my family out of this situation. Go back to the first episode of Ozark. Um, when it, the whole first episode happens, the guy, a guy jumps off the building, right? Or right, thrown out of the thrown building, off the building, thrown out the building. And the end of that episode is Marty pulling over, uh, and, and on a street to go behind a tree and cry. Because he said he's about like, you know, like all that happened in that moment uh, in that first episode leading up to that. And, and you go, how the hell is this guy? That to me, that arc in that first episode of Ozark is the arc of Marty Bird, the whole show, because basically but, Marty. But he's a different is, guy by the end of that I, I, show. I'm though. not saying he's a, I'm not saying he's not a different guy. I'm saying that Marty's push pull and moral compass to me led me to believe that every situation they were ever in affected him in t- incredibly uh, in a big way, I think Laura Linney was cold to it. Um, soulless was a word that people I think were she using. Li- like very similar she, she to Breaking uh, like Heisenberg. Right. She, like she had that like kind of that like right. I liked it. Like I'm not doing it for my family. I'm I'm good she, at it. Yeah, well, the she moment was, she broke she down broke on the bad. side of the road after her brother, that was mm-hmm. the end for her. Like I don't think she was ever the same after that point. Mm-hmm. I know we got to move on, but the Ruth thing I want to bring up real fast because I think this is to me and. It, this is not like a personal thing of like what I want or what I expect from a show. But when you spend an entire series ruining everyone's lives in this in this family um, and Ruth, Ruth is really to me the best character in the entire show next to Laura Linney. But I think that in my opinion, based on the 
the emotional arc that we went through with this show mm-hmm. and the damage that this family had done. And I'm not saying that had to be done this way to, to right the wrongs, but I felt like Ruth did as a character deserve her death was really uninspired. The person who killed her, it just didn't feel like the impact of a character that large and that big of a deal in a show like that would be taken yeah. off like that. Um, and I just, I just, to me, she had been through so much mm-hmm. and I get that, you know, tragedy uh, happens in shows all the time. I get that. But that character to me with the investment that I had in her and, yeah, and her, I, I just felt like she deserved it. And, and I don't, I'm not, but, that's, hard, but isn't that sort of the, the point of the, the show is that like, people don't yeah. get what they deserve. Like, like some yeah. people deserve to be killed and they lived and some people deserve to live and they got where they were killed. Oh, like when that's, that's life. When the head of the, uh, the, the chemical company or whoever yeah. confesses that it was oh. who did it. That was, that was such a gut punch of yeah. a, of a moment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I guess I have to say that it was a great show because yeah. I was invested yeah. emotionally in all of those twists and turns. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, also Bateman, a hell of a director. Agreed. Really and yep. Laura Linney directed the episode. Yeah. The and did a great episode of this particular part of it, which I think was the episode where Marty goes off. Is that on the that one in traffic? Yeah. In the traffic. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you're right. All right. Last thing I'll say is this. If you're a David Fincher fan, um, this is out there already, but it's kind of cool if you're just tuning in or never heard uh, us talk about it before. But the symbols at the beginning of the show, it's David Fincher's graphic artist. He creates those uh, for Bateman. Bateman basically sends him the details of how every episode is going to play out. They find out the symbols they're going to use and, they, and then they manipulate them to spell Ozark. Um, so if you're a Fincher fan, that's that graphic artist. And it's kind of a cool thing. And if you're going to go back and watch the series, um, those symbols foreshadow every Every episode, but they also do spell Ozark, which is cool. So I had no idea that they spelled Ozark. Yeah, so like they'll take a, they'll, t- they'll take a fish a fish head and they'll manipulate it to look like an R or like yeah. a K will be like chair upside down. Every one of them spells Ozark. That's it's interesting. O Z A R K. Yeah. Okay. Um, this week in movies, we have two films that are coming uh, both to streaming, one to theaters a little bit. Uh, in that Firestarter. The uh, Zac Efron, uh, Stephen King adaptation is going to theaters, but it's also going to be available on Peacock if you happen to have that streaming. Feels service. like a quiet release. It does very much so, especially for May, you know, yeah. in, and for in, a Stephen King in adaptation. Right. And where, where do you rank? A, you're 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 a kingophile. Where do you rank Firestarter in his um, in his like, I mean, recognizable because of the uh, Drew Barrymore film? Yeah, I think so. I've never it's read the book. A, Definitely not a book that stands out to me as one that I have revisited often. Um, And even with his earliest ones, like Christine and Firestarter and Cujo sort of fall into that realm of, Mm -hmm. I know, I know they exist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It feels like he was still figuring out his voice. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see this new adaptation, but, um, but, but I'm guiltily going to pull it up on Peacock this weekend. I probably, yeah, I'll just watch it maybe Friday night. The other one is senior year, um, which is, I believe, um, Netflix. Uh, yeah, Netflix, but what's her name? What am I trying to think of? Rebel Wilson? Star senior? Rebel Wilson. Oh, oh Thank yeah, you very yeah, much. yeah. I yeah, did yeah, see a trailer yeah. for that. Yep. Um, I, saw I, remember th- I remember thinking that looked actually really kind of interesting. It looked kind of cute. So yeah. that's going to be on Netflix this week if you guys want to pull that up. But that brings us to our blend game for this week. Uh, and we had something really fun and interesting that Gabe came up this with. This is such a great one. Such a great one. Hashtag when I was 10 blend. And so it doesn't have to be a movie that came out the year that you turned 10. But it just means essentially when you were 10 years old. And I think that we would argue that that's uh, an age that that we all were paying close attention to uh, closer attention to movies and probably falling in love with 
different types of movies and, and starting to recognize the, the types of movies that we enjoyed seeing. Um, so we wanted to uh, play this game where we singled out. What was our favorite movie uh, around that time? So, Kev, I'm going to start with you. You guys know mine, um, right? You guys know it. Yeah, I mean, I mean two, two? yeah, but I mean, like I've told the story before, but I'll just I'll, then I'll just make it shorter here. I was eight years old. Uh, I was in third grade and my parents went out and saw Terminator 2. because I've seen the trailers on television and I was like, I, I didn't I was really in um, up to that point in my life. I was really curious about magic. Um, I was like, I, I, I loved magicians. Oh, I, I, would, I, went, I went and saw David Copperfield live in Richmond. My parents got me a birthday tickets to go see him. Uh, I was just blown away by how magic was done because I always the big question I always had was, how was that done? Which mm. kind of bleeds into who I am now as a reporter in, in, in the interviews that I do. But um, I remember my parents leaving that night. The baby I don't remember was t- you ever telling us about the magic thing. That's, oh, that, yeah, like that's, that's cool. new to me. I like that. And the Copperfield yeah. show we went to was so cool. It was like the, the, he had ghosts flying through the theater in Richmond. It was really wild. And like, and I just remember like that being the beginning of my fascination with like how a trick is done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it, it wasn't until Terminator two. So my parents left to see it in theaters. I think it was 91, 92, whatever year it was that came out. I was eight. Um, and I said to them, I was like, I really want to see this movie because the trailers look, I mean, the, the visuals on TV, just seeing the T 1000 in the trailers was like, I didn't understand. I've never seen anything like that before, you know? And I was, I was a kid, but it was still mind blowing. Um, so they, they hired a babysitter. Her name is Tiffany. She came over, watched, uh, watched my brother and I, and then, my parents got home. I was like eagerly awaiting their reaction to the film. You know, I didn't have Twitter or anything like that. I didn't know what people were saying about it outside of I'm eight years old. Um, And so I remember them telling me it was amazing. And 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 I was at that point in my life, I was getting like, you know, you had S, N's and U's in school. Satisfactory needs improvement or unsatisfactory. Um, I remember that. Yeah. And so I was, yeah, you you guys didn't have E's. We had E's. We probably did. Like we had ex- it was excellent, satisfactory, needs improvement, unsatisfactory. We, yeah, had we didn't have the E, e above it. A A B C D E F. That's so strange. Yeah, I don't know. Why. But I was, I was, um, I got picked on a lot in school, but because I would, I always raised my hand and asked questions in class. Like that was like, like people would make fun of me for talking too much. So teachers would look, would call me like talkative or, uh, whatever. Um, but so I would get like ends sometimes or, and then they would like write like too talkative in class or whatever it would be. Um, that's, that's honestly terrible that like you get called talkative for asking questions. In well, school. I mean, talkative could also I mean, again, I was eight. I mean, I could have been raising my hand and then that could have caused a question. Then I talked to someone after it. I don't, I don't remember the, the I don't want I'm not trying to like say the teachers were mean to me. It was just like I, that was a, a comment that I got on my report card all the time. I know. Kev, I bet you he asked a lot of questions. That yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Um, and I was always worried about something. I didn't know yeah, I had yeah. OCD at that point until I was 14. So I didn't know what was going on with me. I was like, why am I? Why do I feel so? So was weird. one of the questions, why do you cry? Yeah, why do you cry? I know, now, I know now why you cry. I know now why you cry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I said to my mom and dad, I was like, if I get, and now I'm realizing this story is a lot longer than I said it was going to be. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, if I get all S's on my next report card, or the, uh, can, can I watch Terminator 2 when it comes out on VHS? And they were like, 
Yes. Like if you can actually get all S's on your third grade report card, we'll do it. And I'll never forget. I got the report card and I remember the report. The, I always love the smell of the paper of the report card because it was like it was like a, it was like a yellow or a white sheet on top of a pink sheet on top of a yellow sheet that you would rip off. Oh, so, my God. Yes. You know, we had it those. would like it would go through it. You'd write on the top and it would go through to the each layer of the paper. So let me ask you a, st- a dumb question, too. Did you also find out at the end of the year what class you were going to be in the following year? Because on our so. last day of school, everybody yeah. would find out what class they were going to be in next year. And then you'd run yeah. around and ask your friends, like, who did you get? Kind of. No, thing. We, we didn't find out till like a week or four <sighs> or so before. I don't remember yeah. now. Anyway, anyway it's, but, yeah, it's a good, good question. But anyway, so I got all S's and then I sat down with my parents when it came out on VHS. We rented it from Farm Fresh or Blockbuster, whichever one was had the movie in because it was so popular. Um, and I sat between my mom and dad and. That my whole life changed in that moment. It was the moment that I realized I I don't think I understood it at the moment what was happening, but it was the moment that I realized like, oh, magic tricks, filmmaking, because I remember looking at my parents and saying like when the T-1000 came out of the ground in the the hospital, I was like, how how are they doing? How did they do that? Mm. I I, I had no idea how and like how they did that. It was it blew my mind. Um, Have you interviewed Cameron yet? So I told I told I I interviewed Cameron one time over. It was a radio phoner when I had my radio show. He did a phoner for Avatar, the re-release. And I remember I was was kind of young in my career and I and and I wish I would have set the question up a little differently. He was great about it. But I was like, I was like, Mr. Cameron, I've always wanted to ask you this. How would you do the scene in T2 when he when T1000 comes up? He goes, well, nothing was there when we shot it. It was like 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 it was like matter of fact. Like it wasn't like mean, but it was like. It was it was a great interview and he was cool and he we talked about the T2 smile scene and all this stuff. Um, he was great, but it was like I, I felt like an eight year old going, Mr. Cameron, how, how did you do that? Like it was like a, like, like a kid. You know, that's I always I, compare it to um, all of us to we're, we're basically a variation of that Chris Farley SNL sketch where right. he interviews Paul McCartney. He's like, remember that time you right. were the Beatles? That was awesome. Right. <laughs> but, but you're right. And, but anyways, so T2 is my answer, because at that point forward, I was eight and then 10 Terminator 2 was my favorite movie forever until i saw true romance but terminator 2 is still the number one no question and 10 that i was riding my bike to be blockbuster every single week renting that film over and over and over and over again just because it yeah changed my life jakey where'd you go uh i'm going empire strikes back okay um i was nine when they re-released the original trilogy in theaters and when they start promoting it, I like wanted to see it immediately. So my dad, that's when my dad took me to the old video store down the road and we rented the original trilogy. Remember the ones that had um, like a new hope had Vader's half of Vader's face. Empire had half of a stormtrooper yes. and Goals. Return of the Jedi right. had. Uh, well, this this these were black. They were black and uh-huh. it had. Uh, and then and then Return of the Jedi had half of Yoda's face. On yes. It. I remember and then this. and then my dad took and then I um. And then I wanted to read the books. So they uh, my folks actually it, isn't it crazy whenever you think back to all the stuff your parents did for you and you just kind of took it for granted at the time. And then you look back and go, oh, my God, my parents did a lot of stuff for me. Um, yeah. But my, my, I wanted to read the books. Um, so they took me to the mall an hour away in Beaumont, Texas, and I read the books. Um, and then my dad took me to. uh the theatrical releases whenever they released them like one a month i believe which was a life-changing experience and this was all around the time that we were gearing up for uh, phantom menace to come out oh, so okay. i was just that right because phantom menace came out when i was uh still 10 uh a couple of months away from before yeah and um 
So it just Star Wars just kind of came out at just that right to like like it coming back into the zeitgeist was just at that that eight, nine, ten year old, ten year old era um, that was so um, influential for the seven, eight, nine, ten year old kids who were that age in 77 when the original one came out. So so even though I didn't get to live through that experience in 77 i still feel like i got a piece of it 20 years later in 97 that's interesting Um, i still feel like i got to have my star wars moment at the right age in which you're supposed to have a star wars moment and um and 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 of all of them empire was always the one um that that spoke to me the most because i loved the darkness of it i loved how i loved vader in it um so i just so yeah start and and it's still it's still it's still did you watch empire after new hope i watched them watch? in the right order so i remember the, the whole reason my dad like stopped what he was doing i remember my dad because my dad had this shop where he worked on cars and i remember walking outside to my dad because i i had seen a like a trailer for doritos or something in which they they showed the um no i am your father clip and right. i remember walking outside to my dad um who was like working on a truck and i was like dad is is darth vader really luke's father and i remember he just <laughs> like just dropped his wrench and was like let's go uh, and then that's what he took me to. And he's like, no, you got to watch him. And I was like, I want to watch that one. He's like, you can't watch that one first. You got to watch this one. So, um, so that's where that's, that's, so he got me, he got me in that. And, uh, was so he eating a can of spam? No, my, the Hamiltons <laughs> don't do spam. No, remember we talked about spam together? We oh at- yeah. Now. Yeah. So, so my da- yeah. Oh yeah. Cause now I guess now he, now they had, he's like, oh yeah, I can put spam on anything. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Jake and I were in Hawaii and I went to lunch with, uh, Jan and Keith and we had like a whole spam bit. I don't remember. You know what they, the... they call it though. Spamilton. 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 Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> All right. So old man gets to go and uh, I, I, I missed. The year by... was 1876. I missed by a year. It was Battleship Potemkin, wasn't it? <laughs> I missed by one year because if it was 1985, I would have been able to tell you guys a really fun story about my obsession with the Goonies when that movie came out and how I uh, begged my parents to take me to Portland, Oregon. We'll play when you were 11 out. blend later, I guess. Excellent. <laughs> May I'll save all this for then. <laughs> uh, so instead I have to go with the karate kid, um, which it cool. came out in 1984. Cool. And, Huge. That I was and, dude, and you've got a picture with, um, with both Machio, of them. Machio. Dude, and how, uh, like, what, okay. What would 10 year old Sean think of that picture? He would be confused why they look so old. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the hell happened to those guys? <laughs> And, and who are you? Um, <laughs> the, the the beautiful thing about the Karate Kid is that it, I saw it at a time when, and you know, you guys know now when we watch movies, you basically can tell what's going to happen in a movie. Like it's it's hard to be surprised, right? Like because you you've seen we've seen enough movies, and there's enough of a formula that for the most part you can figure out what's going on. But I can remember watching that movie for the first time and genuinely. Like, like in the fiber of my being, uh, being afraid for Ralph Macchio, like mm. being afraid for him when the he, bullying. Yeah. Yeah. The bullying. And like the scene with when they're all dressed as skeletons and they're chasing after him. Like, I remember how visceral it was when he was putting the hose over the, the bathroom mm-hmm. and, and thinking like, dude, don't do that. You know, like mm-hmm. and just not knowing how it's going to go for him. And yeah. the, the scene where Miyagi, uh, shows him everything that he's learned through the the menial tasks that he's been doing mm. blew my mind like that was, it was like a release it was like oh 
Yes. That's what that like because when you go from the wax on wax off to him going like that, yeah. it's like oh, because like because you kind of like you're. It's a good point. You actually almost think to yourself, these tasks seem like ridiculous. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're him. And then he he's and then there's one point where like Miyagi does each of them with him, and then he does like mm-hmm. a a quick you know really quick assault of all of them, and he's able to block each of them. And I'm in the moment in that mm-hmm. I was just like. You gotta be kidding me. That's how you learn karate. Like I was so excited. I was so excited for Daniel. And then of course, like the all Valley, the way that the all Valley is cut together, you know, with the, the, the use of music is tremendous. And, and, you know, he gets his leg hurt. And, and now, you know, in so many of these sports movies, when like something goes wrong, you're like, all right, well then now they're just killing time, you know, before we get to the conclusion. But in that moment, I can remember thinking like, oh, my God, he's not going to get back up. Oh, my God, he's not he's not going to win. Oh, my God. How is he going to beat all of the Cobra Kai guys? Like I was just mm. I was engrossed, totally engrossed. And uh, I remember being in the movie theater uh, in Massapequa Park. We were in the Sunrise Mall and it was my mom and another friend of mine from elementary school. We're the only three people in the theater. And when he landed the crane kick that my, my friend and I. Yeah, which still to this day looks like it hurts. Yes, it really does. Yeah. It really yeah. looks like it hurts. And to Sean's point, I when I would re I, I love that film, too. And I for all the same reasons. And the bullying thing was it was like I felt like, oh, I'm not alone. <laughs> like even you watch it, you go, oh, the people get bullied all the time. But the the um, the what's interesting about that film, though, is you mentioned the idea of him like getting up with the, and, and hurting his leg. Every time I would rewatch that film, I would still be on the edge of my seat. Like I yeah. like, like I was so in it, even though I knew it was going to happen. But you're right, though. There was that curiosity back then when movies were still like fresh and new where you didn't know where they were going. And right. I think but like but there's something about Karate Kid and even like Terminator 2 where I would like every time I would rewatch them, I'd go, maybe Arnold won't go into the molten steel this time or whatever. Right, and then maybe right. maybe uh, maybe he you know, I don't know. It is it is that that's just the power of filmmaking. Tremendous movie. Uh, and great movie. of course, I watched uh, I think I've told this on the show before. I watched Rocky. Uh, years later, because I, I mean, I wouldn't have watched Rocky as a kid. And I right. just remember thinking, like, this is such a ripoff of the Karate Kid. <laughs> and it made me laugh so hard that it's same director who just ripped yeah. himself off. <laughs> who is the director? Later. His name is John Avilson, John G. Avilson. Have you ever interviewed him? Uh, no, never had a chance to interview him. So that'd be a cool uh, Gabe doesn't play along with uh, the blend game, but has a has a quick one he wants to throw in here. Gabe, when you were 10, what hipster movie did you did you enjoy? Yeah, the hip the hipster movie I was into. I I loved uh, Citizen Kane. I was just I dissected it over and over again. At, the before uh, trilogy that was yeah, early. I really, later. It was under it's understated nature. Is what I really, uh, no, for me, so is uh, it's an interesting journey with this film because I it's eight and a half, isn't my, it? To my knowledge, this was the first movie I ever saw in a theater, and I was like too young to see it. I was like five or six when I saw this in theaters, um, but I was obsessed with it. Um, and that's the Mummy, starring Brendan. Oh, that's a great movie! Wow, Fantastic. good choice. Yes. Um, and I was I was obsessed with it because I think by the time Rick O'Connell, by be, the way, between you know six this and ten, and my early Your teens, like grandfather, I was already obsessed with Indiana Jones, and I think the fact that it was this sort sort of more modern and like special effects driven kind of riff on that, mm-hmm. subconsciously, I didn't realize that those were connected. Um, I fell in love with that movie. Again, I think I've, if I remember this correctly, this was the first movie I think I ever saw in a theater because I remember distinctly I was too young to see it. 
I was sitting on my mother's lap to watch it. I had gotten sick. Dude, that scene with the beetles are crawling through that dude. That's, oh. I had gotten sick and she asked if I wanted to go and the previews had already started and I was like, I'm not leaving. Like it was, I remember this powerful moment where I was like, I had a cold and like I had, I didn't feel well. And she's like, do you want to go? And so I was in a blanket on her lap at like Uh six or whatever, watching the mummy. Did you grab Again. a microphone and yell, I'm not leaving, like, frantically? I'm not fucking leaving. No, but another another anecdote, I, I have I probably a ton from this because I obsessively, similar to Kevin, very similar to Kevin with T2, I obsessively watched it for years and years. Mm. And um, I remember when it finally came home, I would watch it on repeat, and I accidentally said my first curse word. I think <sighs> it was my first curse word. Um but there's a line in it where a guy runs out and he, he calls him a superstitious bastard. I had no fucking clue what any of that <laughs> meant, but I was just quoting it because it, I would play it and I would just say the lines out loud as it was playing, That's as I'm like playing in my room or whatever. And I said, I said, superstitious bastard. My older sister goes, you can't say that. Like I remember her. And I <laughs> remember like superstitious. Like, I was like, what? I was like, what did I say? I had no idea what bastard was. Did she wrap was, you up? What it meant. Gabe? She Pretty grabbed much. you? Pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay. that's, that's why he loves the mummy. Because yeah. <laughs> everyone's wrapped. Everyone's wrapped. <laughs> um, so yes, I, there's a couple anecdotes, but growing up, that is why, you know, around that age, that was that's definitely my pick for my favorite movie because I was obsessed. It, uh, it gives him all the wrapping movie. he needs. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ironically, he's you. not very wrapped because he's like totally decomposed. <laughs> Unraveled. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, audience picks. We had a lot of fun with people who played it. Uh, played along. Seb said E.T. <laughs> Stephanie went with The Parent Trap, the 1961 version of it. Oh, wow. Uh, Anastasia went with High School Musical. RJ said Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Great. Andrea Wolfson went with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And Dustin Stout said Batman 1989. And Janelle, Janelle, I don't believe this. She says uh, The Pacifier starring Vin Diesel. I don't know if that's accurate. (laughs) Anything's possible. I was I was young. I was young enough when this movie came out. The Pacifier. At the right age. Pacifier slaps. Pacifier slaps. I'm with you, Janelle. I'm with you. They need to do a double feature of the pacifier and the the tooth tooth fairy. fairy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like have Vin and Rock come out and introduce them. It's it's, it's actually in the fast universe. (laughs) (laughs) I was was obsessed with Vin Diesel in the fast universe when that came out. It was great timing. Yeah. You can't can't handle the tooth is the greatest tagline ever written. Did you ever tell Rock that you love that tagline? (laughs) No, but I want. I don't know the amount of times that you've interviewed him. (laughs) You have to bring it up to him. I just want to meet the person who wrote that. It's one of like it's such a. It's you so know they smart. submitted it as a joke, and the, yeah. the further it kept going, they were like, "What? Wait, 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 do we say something? Do we say it's, it's gone much further than we thought?" <laughs> I would love all to right, find out that week. it was the Rock's idea, and that's why it made it all the way. He was like, "I won't be in this movie if this is the tag." <laughs> uh, next week, reach out on on Twitter using hashtag uh, Alex Garland blend and let us know Ooh, your pick oh. via email at real. That's, that's interesting because there are a couple of different directions you can go with that. Oh, yes. As okay. a writer, as a director. Yeah, of yeah. course. Either way. Interesting. Okay. Uh, reviews. Drop us one on Apple podcasts Ooh. and also leave us a rating on Spotify. Our next premium episode is going to be uh, the box office game, which we haven't played yet, but we're, we're looking forward to it. Uh, and again, check out the description below for more information on signing up. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on social media at Jake's takes 
at Kevin McCarthy TV, at Sean underscore O'Connell, at Gabe Kovach, and at Real Blend is the show. We will talk to you guys next week. Hockey pads. Hockey pads. Hey, Elvis. Elvis. I'm going to oh, say Elvis. I know what you're doing there. I know what you're doing there. Oh. That's pretty good. I'll say Elvis too. Elvis. Yeah, yeah you will. I'm Elvis. staying with hockey pads. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.